You're listening to the Hogbeat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas on HitThatLine.com. Now, here's your host, Mason Choate. Welcome into a Christmas edition of the Hogbeat Hour. I'm Mason Choate, joined by Alex Trader and Andrew Hutchinson. We're the Hogbeat crew, and we got a lot to get to today, as always. We'll start with Trey Williams, DWI, Hutch. Um, you kind of got to the news on Sunday. I know that it might have ruined your day, but uh, he gets the DWI and then he decides to opt out of the bowl. Pittman said that he would have suspended him anyway, so just kind of fill us in on the details of that. Yeah, so contrary to popular belief, us reporters are not just constantly checking the Washington County Jail uh, website looking for things like this to write about. Um, uh, It was Sunday morning. I was uh, playing with my two-year-old daughter and just happened to look at the message board, and there the news was. He got arrested. Uh, He got arrested early Sunday morning. It was a little after 1 a.m. He was in the McDonald's drive-thru on MLK and apparently fell asleep at the wheel. Uh, and they called it in, and, and he failed a field sobriety test, and then he blew a .09, uh, which is just barely over the legal limit of .08 in uh, Arkansas. So uh, did did get DWI, and then it comes out, I don't know, later. So that was early in the morning. Then later that evening, uh, right, right around f- almost 5 o'clock, uh, he tweeted out the announcement that he was going to opt out. Uh, he apologized for, for what had happened uh, and uh, said he was going to start focusing on the NFL draft. But as, as Mason said, that was going to happen regardless because Sam Pittman was going to probably suspend him. So tough loss for Arkansas because he is Arkansas's best pass rusher. Uh, but, you know, it, it happens, and uh, they're going to have to figure out how to, how to make it work. And we'll talk more about how they're going to make it work later on in the episode. But, uh, you know, that's just an unfortunate situation. You've seen kind of the the jokes made of, you know, you want to be like Darren McFadden, but not in that way. And so, unfortunately, he he did that. But I'm sure Trey will get it figured out. We, we kind of talked to some people the other day. Um, he's a great kid, but he's made some mistakes. And so that's unfortunate. And hopefully he gets those figured out. Uh, Jalen St. John, a little bit of some drama going on with him, announces that he's going to transfer from Arkansas, and then the very next day announces, just kidding, I'm going to stay. Hutch, do you think that that might have been a conversation he had with Sam Pittman where Pittman was like, hey, man, we actually want you? Yeah, that was a very weird situation because he never actually really made an announcement. Just he popped up in the portal, uh, and, all of course, your rivals portal. You can follow that on Twitter and uh you know stay up to date with anyone that goes in the portal and that that happened and that that happened a few hours after we had just talked to Sam Pittman we noticed that he wasn't at practice on Monday and then we asked Sam Pittman about it at the end of practice and he said you know I don't I don't know what's going on I don't know where St. John was he just wasn't at practice today I'll, I'll have to ask him about it a few hours later pops up in the portal and they go oh, okay well that's why I went into practice um and then sure enough uh, as Mesa was saying, you know, popped up the next day that he had withdrawn his name. He made a statement that he's he's staying. To me, this is just kind of reading between the lines. I don't know if this is, you know, exactly what happened. But to me, it sounded like St. John maybe got frustrated or something and just went in the portal without talking to anybody. And I think Sam Pittman's one of those guys who he wants to talk to you before you make a decision and, and help you make a decision. I mean, 
you know, Josh Oglesby a few weeks back, you know, during the season made the decision like, Hey, I'm not going to be able to play. He told coach that, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, this spot on the depth chart, I'm not going to get to play. And he said, you know what, that's probably a good decision. Go for it. Uh, doesn't sound like those conversations happened with St. John, uh, but they did happen after he had already entered the portal. Uh, and so I guess he was able to talk him into to staying because St. John's going to be one of those. I mean, he was on the two deep depth chart all season and uh, he could be a, a guy that maybe pushes for a starting job or, you know, could be like the first guy off the bench next year. Uh, and then, you know, move even further up the depth chart as more guys graduate on this, on this offensive line, because Arkansas is returning for the five starters. So St. John is actually staying, but Ray Curry Jr., he announces that he's going to transfer from Arkansas. So he's gone. He was also a redshirt freshman offensive lineman. I believe he became the eighth hog to announce he's transferring. But Hutch, aside from Vito Calvaruso, it there really isn't anybody who made a whole lot of an impact during their time here at Arkansas that is transferring. Correct, and that's what you want. Uh, you want guys that just – maybe aren't where they want to be on the depth chart. I mean, St. John would have been probably a significant loss as well. Uh, but Ray Curry was kind of buried on the depth chart, probably third or fourth string. Uh, so he was probably had a ways to go before he could get on the field here at Arkansas. So it's not as big of a deal uh, to lose him. Uh, you're going to have that kind of turnover every year. You know, Jermaine uh, Hamilton Jordan or whatever his name was, uh, the defensive back, he was a true freshman. So you, you don't want to lose a guy like that because, you know, who knows what he could evolve into. Uh, plus he was kind of banged up, had injuries throughout the season. So maybe that one was a kind of a tough loss, but all the other guys have been guys that probably were not going to make an impact at Arkansas. So uh, you, ha you haven't lost a Mike Woods or someone like that, uh, which, which would really, really suck. But uh, luckily you've avoided those. And uh, I think Sam Pittman feels pretty good that he's going to avoid losing someone like that to the portal. Uh, but I would not be surprised if more people enter the portal. I just think it's going to be guys that are you know, further down the depth chart. Well, let's kind of shift gears here and bring in Alex Trader, the recruiting expert over at hogbeat.com. Um, so Sam Pittman and Arkansas did not sign a quarterback in this year's recruiting class, but next year um, they will most likely be signing a quarterback. They kind of mentioned that during his, uh, early signing day press conference. And so, Alex, you, you, you have this story that came out, your 2023 Arkansas football big board for quarterbacks. So um, just kind of fill us in on a little bit of what you had in that story. Don't give it all away, but some guys that you were looking at. Yeah, no, I, I think um, where, where Arkansas is at with the quarterback depth right now, you still have KJ for at least one year. You've got Malik Hornsby coming up after him. Uh, there were some rumblings that maybe – there weren't quite sure what was going on with him earlier this week, but it looks like he's set to stay and, and probably stay in that backup role for at least another year and then maybe look to take over after that. But there were a couple guys, you know, that Arkansas really is in the mix for in 2023 that, that would all be huge pickups for, um, for the staff. And one of those guys is Vic Sutton, who's also from Mississippi recently got, got bumped up to a four-star for the Razorbacks or um, in rivals, um, and he kind of follows in that, you know, maybe KJ Jefferson type footsteps where he's been on campus a couple times, enjoyed his visits. We had a story about him earlier this year. Um, and he looks like a kid that can really go out there and play. Another guy, Avery Johnson, was 
mentioned uh, by Jaden Ham, which is a 2023 tight end commit, that he he was the number one guy. He was trying to get, get, pick him up. Um, maybe that's because both of them are from Kansas. You, you can never quite know with these high school kids. But it, it, there are a couple guys in those mix. There's another guy in the mix who I'll, I'll let you guys uh, go take a look at the story for. But then there are a couple of other guys where, hey, offers are out there. They're on the market. If, if those first three guys kind of fall through, then, then you could be looking at them, guys who committed elsewhere, Tad Hudson, Pierce Clarkson, um, and then also just some guys, you know, Arch Manning, Jaden Rashada, who is a, a California quarterback, one of the top prospects in the country actually signed his first NIL deal a couple days ago and made some news on ESPN and, and some other sites. But there are just so many offers out there um, that I think Arkansas really feels good about the crop of quarterbacks coming out of the 2023 class and should be able to land a guy that um, they are happy with as you know maybe the heir apparent to KJ Jefferson or, uh, or Malik Hornsby or, or someone else from the transfer portal. You can find that story at hogbeat.com. Alex is always doing a great job. Um, it was an interesting read. I love reading those stories where it's like, guys, that Arkansas might get. Um, makes me feel like I'm building a dynasty on NCAA. Uh, Hutch, speaking of quarterbacks, though, um, Cade Renfro, uh, injury news, tore his ACL. Fill us in on that. Won't really impact the Hogs, but it impacts him. Yeah, so uh, he tore his ACL in practice. They did a scrimmage with all the young guys, the guys that probably aren't going to play in the bowl game. Uh, last Friday, uh, unfortunately, it was like one of the last few plays of the scrimmage, and, and he just planted wrong and, and went down, uh, tore ACL, uh, which I think most of us know that that's, you know, a nine to 12-month kind of recovery time. And with it happening in, happening in December, that puts him back you know, at the earliest you know, maybe at the very start of uh, next season. Uh, so that's that's a significant blow to Arkansas's quarterback depth. I mean, we talked about it just now. The reason they didn't bring in a uh, 2022 quarterback is because they felt good about you – know, they won, they, they like what they're on on 2023, and they feel good about their depth. And one of those guys is Cade Renfro. Uh, even though he's technically a walk-on, uh, he was a scholarship guy at Ole Miss, and now he's here at Arkansas as a walk-on he could potentially earn a scholarship uh, next semester uh, and not have to count as like an initial counter toward the class and stuff. I would not be surprised if that happens, uh, but still it's, it's a blow to Arkansas's depth. Uh, they like what they have in Hornsby. Uh, we obviously know KJ's coming back. Uh, we know that Lucas Coley is there. He was a true freshman this year. Uh, but what do you have other than that? I mean, I don't even know if they, they, they'll probably bring in a walk-on maybe or something just for depth purposes, but uh, we could maybe see Arkansas maybe look into the portal and try to bring in a guy kind of as a backup. Uh, you're not going to bring in a really good quarterback because you already have your starter at KJ. And there's no no mystery there. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it from kind of a, a uh, uh, kind of numbers perspective moving forward. Well, on the topic of depth, coming up next, we're going to talk about Arkansas's depth chart that they released for the Outback Bowl versus Penn State. We're going to talk more about the Outback Bowl, um, some some opt-outs for Penn State, um, maybe some worries about the game even being played, and then we'll talk plenty of Arkansas basketball, our opinions on what's going on, um, where this team is headed here on the Hogbeat Hour.
You're listening to the Hogbeat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas on HitThatLine.com. Now, here's your host, Mason Choate. All right, we're back here on the Hogbeat Hour. We're brought to you by CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers. Thank you to everybody that voted for them for best of Northwest Arkansas. Voting is closed, but the winners are going to be announced on March 20th. Um, if anybody but CJ's wins best burger and best fries in Northwest Arkansas, then um, it's rigged. It is not right because CJ's, they, they have the best burgers, not just in Northwest Arkansas, not just in Arkansas, not just in the United States, but in the world. Best burger I've ever had. I know it's the best burger Alex and Hutch have ever had because we talk about it all the time off air, how much we love CJ's and their fries are amazing as well. Milkshakes are awesome too. Go get a milkshake. If you're going to go get a milkshake or ice cream, don't go to any other business. I'm not going to give out free ads and say other business names. Just go to CJ's. It's easy. They have a location in Fayetteville off Weddington. Um, it's super easy. And then they also have a location in Fay- or Russellville. So if you're coming up for a basketball game, if you're traveling for Christmas, stop by in Russellville at CJ's. Stop by in Fayetteville at CJ's. CJ's, CJ's, CJ's. All right. Now, hogbeat.com. We also um, have a lot going on at hogbeat.com. Um, you know, basketball's SEC's, SEC season is starting up. So um, we're going to be getting more into basketball. Of course, the bowl game coming up. So, Hush, just tell everybody what they can do to subscribe to hogbeat.com. Yeah, head over to hogbeat.com and you can sign up. I believe it's uh, if you want to become a monthly user, I believe it's about $10 a month. Or if you want to go ahead and sign up for a full year, uh, you could save a little bit of money and pay $100 up front. Uh, it's well worth it. I promise we are constantly bringing you content. Uh, we are constantly keeping you up to date with all things Arkansas. And uh, the message board is is always really entertaining. Uh, there's Yes, there's always rumors and things that maybe don't happen to be true. Uh, but if nothing else, it's really good entertainment. And every once in a while, something ends up being true. I mean, we had the... Uh, Cade Renfro ACL injury uh, on there Friday afternoon, like right after it happened. So uh, be, be checking out the trough. Uh, that's a premium message board for, for all sorts of uh, information you won't find on Twitter or anywhere else. Yeah, Hutch, you mentioned some rumors and stuff, but usually most of my breaking news that I get, at least Arkansas-related breaking news, I get off the board. And if any of us are breaking news, we usually send it to the board first. So if you want to be the first to find out any breaking news on Arkansas athletics, subscribe to hogbeat.com. You don't just get that. You get great content. I mean, Hutch is an award-winning writer, um, best writer in Arkansas sports. Alex killing it on the recruiting trail. And then I do a little stuff here and there as well. So go to hogbeat.com, go to CJ's, and you will not be disappointed. So, guys, let's talk about this depth chart that Arkansas released for the Outback Bowl, not a whole lot of changes, but Hutch, just tell us a little bit about um, where they've mixed it up. Yeah, so first I'll preface this by saying the depth chart that the U of A releases is pretty much worthless. Uh, they, uh, they, don't, they don't actually put changes in the depth chart, and it takes a while for them to be reflected in the depth chart. But uh, this depth chart was a little bit interesting because they did actually remove the opt-outs. You know, Traylon Burks is not on there. Trey Williams is not on there. Uh, so they had to kind of adjust some things. Uh, we saw Bryce Stevens is now listed on the depth chart. That was kind of expected. 
Uh, he's a, a true freshman who could play in this game and still maintain his red shirt. Uh, gonna be, I'm, I'm anxious to see what he could do. I mean, he's shown some flashes as a punt returner, uh, some explosiveness, some speed. Uh, really, really anxious to see what he could do. I don't expect him to be a Traylon Burks. No, I don't think anybody would expect that. But uh, gonna be, gonna be interested to see what he could do against Penn State in the bowl game. And then on the the defensive side of things, uh, Trey Williams had been listed as a starter, and now Jashad Stewart, a sophomore from Jonesboro, is listed as a starter in his position. So uh, don't know if he'll actually start. You know, they they list a four man front on the depth chart, uh, but they, as we all know, they like to do a three man front as well. If they start a three man front, my guess is that the starters are going to be uh, John Ridgeway in the middle. Uh, Markel Etsy at defensive end instead of defensive tackle, which is where he's listed on the depth chart. And then probably Zach Williams, but uh, you know, who knows? They may go with Stewart. Uh, not, not really sure there. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that, those are really the main changes. They do uh, take Jalen St. John off the depth chart. They, he had been listed as the backup left tackle. Uh, he is no longer listed on there. It's Luke Jones instead. Uh, probably just kind of as a in response to St. John's kind of entering the portal and coming back like we talked about last segment. So other than that, really, really no changes. I mean, Vito Calvaruso isn't listed on there either. Uh, you know, he entered the portal. So other than that, nothing, nothing really different, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see uh, how, how they actually line up. And if anybody kind of made a move during the bowl practices to, to get up in the, uh, the starting, starting group. So for Arkansas, only two opt-outs so far from Trey Williams and uh, Traylon Burks. But for Penn State, they have some opt-outs as well. Alex, you're our resident Big Ten guy. So they have a couple linebackers and then, you know, rumors uh, of a wide receiver opting out. We don't know yet, but uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Penn State. Yeah, it looks like they're going into this one without two of their best defensive players um, and their linebackers, I believe it's Brandon Smith and Ellis Brooks. And, and you could be looking at a third um, Jaquan Brisker. He hasn't yet announced his opt out, but um, over, over at some Penn state sites, they're a little bit nervous that, Hey, this really could be coming. Uh, same with a defensive tackle um, really just, you know, it's a waiting game. The way that college football is right now, you're not quite sure what you're going to be getting out of this game. Um, and it, I doubt we'll be seeing a full strength Penn State with those guys gone with the, the possibility of Jahan Dotson, who is basically their Traylon Burks. He's everything to their offense um, and even more so than, than what Traylon is, because there's they don't have that same running threat uh, out of the backfield, whether it be at the quarterback position or with their backs. I think if he doesn't play, this one could be really, really difficult for Penn State to come out and, and be competitive with the physicality of what Arkansas is going to be able to bring. Um, but I, though he wasn't at practice, I do kind of expect him to play. I'm not quite sure why, because, it, you know, with that star receiver position, you're expecting, hey, I might be a first, early second, you know, maybe maybe slip to the third, but still I'm going to be a, a first two-day draft pick. I'm going to want to get out here and, and just go start preparing for the draft and get to the combine and show off what I can do and, and make sure I'm not getting hurt. But uh, if they lose him and Brisker, then it, it's a very, very different game than than the, uh, than it would be if those guys are both coming in and playing. Well, I hate I hate to speculate and talk about rumors and stuff, but with A&M not being able to play in the Gator Bowl, we know that Rutgers is now filled in. 
um, for them, and they're going to play Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl. But there, you have to talk about it. There's worries that, you know, Arkansas and Penn State might not be able to play the Outback Bowl, which would be unfortunate for Arkansas at least, for both teams. But Arkansas, that would be two years in a row. Um, so, Hutch, you know, there's been some rumors going around, and it's just something that you got to worry about. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything to these rumors yet, so I want to make that clear before we really get going and, and don't know if it, what's going to happen. However, uh, I know Penn State's basketball team has had some COVID issues. I think they had to either postpone or cancel some games, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking some Penn State people as we speak, uh, who knows by the time this airs or is up as a podcast what's happened, but uh, I know for, for Arkansas' sake, they – they do not want that to happen. I mean, they had the Texas Bowl against TCU last year ripped out from under them literally as they were getting ready to get on the bus to go to the airport. And that just, that really sucks. Uh, you'd hate for this to happen right now, uh, right before Christmas. That would be a horrible Christmas present for Arkansas and Arkansas fans and media who already have hotels and flights booked. So uh, personally, I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, I know, Hopefully, if it, if it is going to happen, though, you hope it happens soon so that way they could find a replacement. I know uh, Illinois, which is coached by uh, our former friend uh, Brett Bielema, uh, they were actively kind of campaigning to, to get be that replacement team uh, as, the, as a 5-7 and seven team. Uh, so maybe that can happen if it does come to fruition. But uh, ideally, Penn State's able to play and, and we get Arkansas versus Penn State in the Outback Bowl like we've we've planned. Well, that, I don't I don't want to sit here and uh, speculate on all that stuff, but um, what you mentioned Christmas, and so what we can do is we can talk about some Christmas wishes that we have for Arkansas athletics. Hutch, I'm I'm going to throw this on I'm going to throw this on both of you right now. Um, I've been working on a story of Christmas wishes for Arkansas fans, um, but I want to know from you two, um, just give me one Christmas wish that you have. Um, for Arkansas athletics and I don't know how you're going to make this like a neutral thing like I'm reporting on Arkansas and I'm not being a fan but uh, Hutch you can go ahead and go first tell me what you want yeah I think my wish would be for for Sam Pittman and this is something that he even he wished for uh, the other day at the, the end of his press conferences you know to retain all of his assistant coaches uh, I think that would be the best gift of all for Sam Pittman because you're really wanting to build some continuity on this football team, you've got a lot of momentum going eight and four in the regular season. You've got a really solid recruiting class. Now, can you keep Kendall Bryles? Can you keep Barry Odom? Can you keep all of your assistant coaches? Uh, last year, I think uh, half of the staff was was a you know, changed. I mean, I think it was five assistants. I can't remember if that included Brad Davis or maybe Brad Davis was the sixth. I can't remember exactly but they had a ton of movement after the season. Some of that was, was by choice. Sam Pittman chose to, uh, but some of it was guys just left. I mean, I know he probably wouldn't have liked to lose Brad Davis when he did. Uh, I think it worked out. You know, they brought in Cody Kennedy and he's been, you know, really solid. Uh, but it's, it's, that's kind of the, the number one thing I'm watching for, you know, other than, you know, maybe you know avoiding a COVID outbreak that would wipe out the bowl game. So uh, that, but, Retaining all of his assistants, that would be the biggest you know, Christmas present Sam Pittman could get this offseason, I think. What about you, Alex Trader? What is a Christmas wish you have? Yeah, so I think um, on the football front, keeping, keeping a staff together really in any sport is super important, but especially football where you have these guys coming in. 
um, and they're they're working more with their position coaches than maybe the basketball would because you have just such a smaller group and you're able to work more with the head coach. Uh, so that can be kind of a rallying point. Um, I'm going to extend out a little bit past past basketball season into the spring, into the summer. I, th- I think it'd be cool to see Arkansas, you know, finally step into that role as that top dog that they're seen as in, in baseball and bring home the college world series. I think you were really close a couple of years ago. You didn't quite get it. There was that pop-up that really, really still is just insane that it wasn't caught and Arkansas didn't bring it home. And then a couple of years ago, you have the, the kind of flame out in the world series. And last year you're really the wire to wire favorite. And it just doesn't, doesn't end up going your way. You end up losing to NC state. Um, I think it'd be really cool for Dave Van Horn, Dave Van Horn to come out and kind of show, Hey, we, we deserve this and have something to show for it versus just being looked at as the best to not do it. Yeah, definitely. Another trip to Omaha is on my list. Um, Really wanted to go last year. That was an unfortunate situation. That's just how baseball goes. But um, I guess for me uh, to be different, I'm going to say basketball gets it figured out and, you know, I, I'm a big Jalen Williams guy, and I hope that he he gets it figured out. You know, he started the season very good, um, and he's just kind of gone down a little bit, and I hope that he gets it figured out because I think he could be one of the better bigs in the SEC, and a lot of people have kind of been talking bad about him, and um, you don't like to see that, and I hope that he gets it figured out and he can show why he why he's a good, a good basketball player. So, um Guys, we're going to wrap this segment up. That was a that was a football talk and then coming up next we got basketball talk. We're going to talk about the loss to Hofstra and then we're going to talk about the bounce back win against Elon and uh, what this team is moving forward to SEC season. You're listening to the Hogbeat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas on hitthatline.com. Now, here's your host, Mason Choate. All right, we're back here on the Hogbeat Hour. We're going to talk some basketball this segment. Um, so Arkansas fell to Hofstra over the weekend, an unfortunate turn of events. None of us were there at the game. We had Jackson Collier, um, J.C. Hoops covering the game for Hogbeat. And, guys, we were able to keep up with it on the radio, but it wasn't the best game to listen to on the radio, Hutch. And so it was an unfortunate turn of events for the Hogs. Yeah, I mean, coming off of the uh, blowout loss against Oklahoma for their first loss this season, you really expected them to to come out and, and bounce back. And they had a full week off because of finals. Uh, I, I really thought they were going to come out and play better than they did. Uh, Hofstra is not a bad team by any means. I mean, they did take uh, Houston to overtime to start the season. Uh, they came really close to beating Maryland. You know, They were ranked at that time. Uh, so they, they've been okay, but then again, if you look at their overall record, they had a, a sub-500 record against uh, Division One opponents. So uh, not a great loss. It's a quad three loss for Arkansas, um, and it just – they pretty much got dominated from the jump. I mean, I, I think they may have led a little bit briefly, uh, but not much. I mean, they, they fell down big. Uh, they, they battled back late in the second half, got within, I think, two, and then just couldn't get over the hump. They, they just couldn't uh, stop Hofstra, keep Hofstra from scoring, and it was just uh, overall just a, a really bad performance. And Eric Mussman, you know, said as much after the game. I mean, he was at a loss of words 
uh, saying that, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what to do. Uh, and that's, that's never what you want to hear from your head coach, but uh, I mean, I, I feel for him because it was a, a really bad loss for Arkansas, probably the worst loss of the Harry Bussman era so far. Yeah, I'm looking here at the at the stats. It it says Arkansas only led for 43 seconds in that game. So um, that's definitely not what you want when you're playing a team like Hofstra. Um, they they out rebounded the Hogs 40 to 33, and a big part of that was um, uh, Bebe Eola, the former Hog. He had 18 points and 14 rebounds. That was a big story. Um, playing against his former team really dominated Arkansas. Um, but I think one of the bigger stories that came out of this game was K.K. Robinson getting the start. He had a, a three-pointer and four assists, but he only played for three minutes and 30 seconds in this game. Um, and we know that the lineup changes have been different. They had a lot of different lineup changes against Elon. But, Hutch, just from um, your perspective, why do you think it was that, you know, K.K. did not play that much in that game? Yeah, I was very confused by that when I saw the, the box score and saw what he what he did. And I was I was talking to Jackson about it, who again was there covering it for us. And he said, you know, he played for like the first couple of minutes and uh he, he did commit a foul and, and yeah, I think he shot a couple of three pointers and missed them. Uh and that led to him coming out and then he ended up going back in the game, you know, late. Uh, so uh, I, I don't really know because it doesn't make sense to me as to why you'd play – you'd start a guy and then only play him a couple of minutes and then that'd be it. Uh, but then again, uh, Eric Mosley has probably forgot more basketball than I'll ever know in my life. So I, I, I do defer to him because he is very knowledgeable of the game. Uh, but it was just a very peculiar thing and, and to, to see all the different lineups, that, as you said, against Elon and everything. I think Eric Musk was just—he is just desperately searching for answers, and uh, I guess he just didn't like what he saw, you know, early on from KK, and, and decided to go someone else to try to get answers there. Well, the other Robinson on the Arkansas basketball team, Jackson Robinson, he—he uh, he finally got it going from three. He had three of four um, three pointers in the game, and that's been something that we've been looking for from him is, you know, you brought this guy in to shoot the three, and he hasn't really done it much until this game against Hofstra. And he only played seven minutes and 15 seconds in this game, but yet he was three for four from three. And uh, that that was another interesting thing. If he's that hot, why aren't you playing him? Um, I, I don't know, Hutch, I can't remember. Didn't he make most of those threes down the stretch in the second half? Yeah, two of those threes were actually in, like, the last 45 seconds of the game. So – uh, the game was already in hand. They were garbage time. Uh, so it really didn't – I didn't really have any issues with, you know, how much he played or whatever against Hofstra. However, it was very beneficial for him to hit those because I think it really helped his confidence. And we saw that, you know, the benefit of that against Elon, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, momentarily. But, you know, that that's good. You need to get him going because Arkansas has not shot the three well at all. Uh, this entire season. I mean, I think they had a couple of decent games to start out the year, and then after that, it was just just horrible. I mean, they're not even shooting thirty percent, or at least they weren't going into that game. So, I really need to get him going, and maybe he could be a guy kind of like Devo and, and Jalen Williams last year, who you know didn't play much early on. You know, had some games where they didn't even come off the bench, and then evolves into a, just a critical piece down the stretch. Before we move on to the Elon game, I want to uh, hit a few more things from Hofstra. Um, first, 
so Arkansas had 48 points off the bench. That's mainly because J.D. Note and Chris Lice came off the bench. They combined for 39 points. Um, J.D. was 8 for 16 shooting, 4 for 9 from 3. Um, he had six turnovers in Hutch. This is a guy that you were expecting to, you know, be your go-to scorer, be your, your top player on your team this year. And he has he struggled. Hut or uh, Musselman has talked about how he needs to work on you know taking the right shots. And it seems like um, the leash that he has with JD hasn't gotten any shorter. I feel like he's still shooting just as much. So what do you think is going on with that situation? Well, he was four of nine from three, I believe, against Hofstra. So I I will take four of nine from JD Note any day of the week. Um, and, and I think he, he also hit some shots uh, against Elon. Uh, so maybe he's starting to turn a corner there. But, yeah, I mean, Eric Musselman has said it, that if, if they've, they've had conversations about shot selection and if it doesn't improve, then his minutes could diminish. And uh, we haven't really seen that yet, even though he did, as you said, come off the bench for the first time this season against Hofstra. Uh, it's going to be one of those, I think, going to be one of those love-hate relationships with, with J.D. and, and Bus this year. Uh, there's going to be some really good moments from JD, and then there's going to be some really, really frustrating moments for JD, like we've seen, uh, you know, the few games prior, especially against Oklahoma. So, uh, really, really going to be interesting to see how that kind of develops, and, and if he can really kind of get his role defined uh, as they as they go into SEC play starting next week. Well, uh, one more thing before we get on to Elon, I want to ask Alex. I want to ask you about this, Stanley Amude. Um, a guy that you, you came into the season, he was supposed to be this elite scorer from uh, South Dakota, and here here we are, and he's just really struggling. He was three for nine, zero for four against Hofstra. Um, it just seems like he cannot find the bottom of the net, man. And he's he has been struggling. Didn't play a whole lot against Elon, but just what do you think is going on with the mood, eh, Alex? Yeah, I mean, he's only gone over double – he's only gone into double figures twice so far this season, so you're really not seeing that elite scoring presence much at all. And I think, you know, in both those games that he went over, he took he took um, shots in the double figures. Those were the only times that happened, 10 and then 15 next game. Um, he's just not putting up shots, and, and I don't know if that's a confidence thing or if it's a scheme thing or what's going on. But um, if you're not taking – if you're not taking shots as a scorer, then then you're not going to be able to find that rhythm that you need to get into. And also, if you're not able to find the rhythm, then you're gonna you're gonna question yourself and not want to take those shots and not want to risk jeopardizing not only the team but also your playing time. You're you're standing with the coaches and and, and the guys on the court and, and the trust that they have in you. So I think it's really an interesting situation seeing a scorer go out there and and not only not be able to find the bottom of of the basket. Um, the way that he had when he was at South Dakota, but also just to not have the confidence to be to be shooting the ball up for whatever reason that may be. Um, it is a little bit concerning, and you definitely want to see him maybe maybe find some some solace in what he's been able to do as a scorer. Well, we got all that bad stuff out of the way. Hofstra loss, we're done with that. And uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about the bounce-back win Arkansas had against Elon. They went with some new lineups and fresh faces. Um, we're going to talk about what lineups work best, um, what Arkansas might need to do moving forward to SEC play, all that here on the Hogbeat Hour. You're listening to the Hogbeat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas on hitthatline.com. Now, here's your host, Mason Choate. 
All right, we're back here on the Hogbeat Hour, brought to you by CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers. Talked about it earlier. I'll talk about it every episode. Um, CJ's best burgers in the world, best burgers in Arkansas. Um, if you're traveling for Christmas, you need to get some lunch, you need to get some dinner, stop in Fayetteville on Weddington and in Russellville on Arkansas, I think, uh, for CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers. Don't just get the burgers, get the fries, get the milkshake, get everything they have there because it's all delicious. It's all amazing. And then also go to hogbeat.com, subscribe to Hogbeat. Everything you can get from hogbeat.com, it's just, it's just amazing. Top of the line, everything you need to know about Arkansas athletics is on hogbeat.com, brought to you by Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate. Um, so Arkansas bounce back win against Elon, 81-55. Eric Musselman said that he thought it was the best performance they've had this season. They went with a new starting lineup. Hutch, we'll go with we'll go to you on this one. Um, some fresh faces in the starting lineup after there were some fresh faces in the starting lineup against Hofstra, but even even more changes against Elon. Yeah, none of the starters against uh, Elon were the same as they were against Hofstra. He went with a completely new starting five. I mean, some of them weren't really new. I mean, JD Note had started almost every game. Connor Vanover had started a lot of games. Those guys were back in it. Uh, but uh, we saw three other guys make their first starts with the Razorbacks. They were talking about Chris Likes, uh, Jackson Robinson, and Trey Wade. Uh, so just a completely different starting lineup. Uh, very, you know, we, we all had the, the stat broadcast pulled up on, on press row, and whenever it finally loaded, we were all like, oh, wow, okay. Like he, he, he told us he was going to make some lineup changes, but we didn't quite expect that. Uh, that was a little bit surprising. Uh, so that it, he was just, as I said earlier, he is just trying to tinker and find the best starting lineup uh, at, before they get an SEC play. And Eric Mussman even said that after the game, like, hey, we're just trying to get enough stuff on film so we can go back and review it and see what worked and what didn't. And uh, we, uh, hopefully he got enough answers because uh, Mississippi State's coming up next week as they, as they go in SEC play. So uh, hopefully they've got it figured out. I'm not 100% convinced that they have. Uh, but at least they now have, you know, some, some data to go off of. Well, yeah, that starting lineup worked, uh, worked a little bit, but it wasn't the best lineup of the evening. It was about six minutes left in the first half. And, you know, we had a new lineup that we hadn't seen before. Um, let's see, what was it? It was D Devo Davis, J.D. Note, Jackson Robinson, Trey Wade, and Kamani Johnson. And, boy, did it work. I believe they went on a 17.0 run. Um, to end the first half, and Kamani Johnson was just playing crazy. Um, he's always playing with a high motor, high intensity, and then Trey Wade, he, he, he was great on defense. Um, Devo Davis facilitating it. Jackson Robinson hit three three-pointers. He was three of four in, like, that last five minutes of the first half. So, Hutch, those are Robinson, Wade, and Johnson, three guys that you haven't seen much from this year, but they were a big reason that Arkansas beat Elon. Yeah, I mean, it was it was actually – Arkansas was actually trailing when those three guys checked in the game. It actually came at the 5-15 mark when those three guys, Jackson Robinson, Trey Wade, and Kamani Johnson all checked in. And from that point on, uh, they outscored them 15-0. Uh, it was actually a 17-0 run, as you mentioned, uh, with a, a bucket before they checked in. But uh, during that stretch, uh, I think it was – they were uh, – Elon, that is, was 0-7 from the floor – uh, five of those seven shots were blocked. I mean, that just tells you how great the defense was when they got in there. 
Uh, Kamani had three of those. I think Jackson had one. I think Trey had one. Uh, so they were all getting involved. And then on the other side of the floor, I think they were like five of six or something. And four of those uh, field goals were, were assisted on. So they were, they were moving the ball well, passing it. They weren't doing that earlier in the game. It just, it just was a completely different game when those guys, when those guys entered. I mean, it was very, very surprising. Kamani Johnson, he had only played in like half the games and same thing with uh, Jackson Robinson. He'd only played in half the games before that moment. So to say that it was an unlikely kind of combination that, that worked would be an understatement. I mean, no one in a million years, I would never have expected a stretch where, you know, Kamani Johnson made a tough reverse layup, uh, came down, blocked the shot. Jackson Robinson hit a three to put Arkansas on top. And then Trey Way made a bucket after that. I mean, that was a very unlikely stretch of basketball that I probably could have never predicted in a million years uh, going into the season. Well, some of the the usual contributors um, did not contribute a whole lot to this one, at least as far as points goes. Devontae Davis, Audis Tony, Jalen Williams, and Stanley Mude, they all combined for just six points. Um, Tony only played eight minutes and 27 seconds in this one. And Mude only played four minutes and 50 seconds. Um, but Hutch, you were, you were talking about it after the game. There was some kind of stat. I can't remember what it was, but in games that Devonte Davis doesn't make a shot, cause he didn't make a shot in this one. He only scored one point. What is that stat that Arkansas is like undefeated in games that he doesn't make a shot? Well, it's actually doesn't even take a shot, and uh, they're they're undefeated, but it's two and zero. He's done it twice this year now. Uh, he did it in the opener against Mercer. Uh, very surprising when he didn't take a shot there. Uh, he he really developed it to a nice uh, little score there for a stretch. Uh, he had like you know eighteen points in back to back games, and then he scored twenty six against Oklahoma and lost. Um, but yeah, he he took kind of a, a back seat from a scoring perspective against Elon. Uh, even though he only had the one point, you know, one of two from the free throw line and didn't take a shot, uh, he still had six assists, six rebounds, only one turnover. A really, really solid play. Eric Musselman was very pleased after the game, talking about, you know, just kind of how he was really pleased with, with his performance. And you need more of that. You need more of, of those. I mean, yeah, you want him to score a little bit more than one point probably. But if you can get six rebounds and six assists from him, you know, otherwise – uh, that that's a that's a pretty good game for Devo Davis. Well, Chris Likes was the leading scorer. He was twelve and twelve from the line, twenty one points. Um, man, how how awesome is that to have a guy on your team? He reminds it reminds me of Daryl Macon in that Vanderbilt game um, a couple years back, where you could just count on him to make the free throws to win the game. And that's what Chris Likes is for Arkansas. I mean, when he goes to the line you're not expecting him to miss one. So how, how awesome and critical is it for Arkansas to have a guy like that, Hutch? Yeah, it's big. I mean, if, if you're struggling to make shots, to which Arkansas has done quite a bit this year, uh, you might as well try to get to the free throw line and, and get those. I mean, Arkansas is a, a decent free throw shooting team. They've had some, some really bad games, but uh, Chris Likes has been really solid. Uh, he's probably shooting well over 70%. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Uh, but he is, he's got a really, uh, just a knack for getting in the free throw line. That's how uh, Eric Mussman put it. Uh, he's, he's five foot seven and somehow is able to draw contact and, and get to the line. He did it a ton against Elon. He's had some other games where he's done it as well. I want to say he did it maybe one of the games in Kansas city or something. Uh, 
Uh, he's he's just a, a guy who can can really score. I think he had 21 points and only eight field goals attempted. Uh, that's that's really hard to do, and that shows you how much he got to the free throw line against Elon. A name that a lot of people have been talking about and calling for more is KK Robinson. He only played 11 minutes in this one, um, but he came in. He uh, he looked good. He had a couple bad turnovers. Um, just bad passes, but a lot of people were saying he needed to be playing more. He made a three in this one. Um, Alex, just what have you seen from KK, and uh, what do you see as his role moving forward? Because there's a lot of people saying that he should be the starting point guard on this team. Yeah, you know, it's been a really limited sample size so far, and we are still pretty early on into the season. Yes, you're you're all the way through non-con now, um, but – they're, they're still tinkering, like Hutch said, to be done with this lineup. It's clearly after that Oklahoma game, something wasn't right. Something wasn't clicking the way that we saw maybe last year uh, for that team that ended up making that Elite Eight run. And if Muss wants to get back there, you don't have a Moses Moody who can go in and take over for you, who, who can just be that guy to just dominate the game. And I think um, maybe it's KK, maybe, it, maybe it's uh, Chris Likes, J.D. Note, Devo Davis, you have to figure out who fits the best and what pieces you want to have out on the court um, as that main unit. And, and I'll be interested to see what he does for the start of SEC play when, when you're not playing Elon and you have to go out there and kind of show, hey, this is what we're going to what we're going to try and stick with and continue to build chemistry with. I, I think that's that's a pretty interesting prospect. And, and you've got to see um, if that'll be KK or if it'll be someone else, but uh, um, I'm going to just kind of trust Muss here. Like Hutch said, he knows more basketball or he'll, he'll forget more basketball than I know. So um, I, I think that's kind of the situation that, that this team's at is they just have to figure out who their guys are. Well, that'll, that'll wrap up the non-conference season aside from the SEC big 12 challenge against West Virginia in January. Um, so SEC's play, SEC play is coming up. Arkansas will take on Mississippi State next Wednesday. Um, so let's talk about moving forward for this Arkansas basketball team, what we need to see from them. And Hutch, I'm going to go to you first. Let's, let's talk an X-factor player for this Arkansas team um, moving forward to SEC play, a guy that um, is – you have to have this guy performing night in and night out for this team to be successful. Yeah, you talked about him a little bit earlier, but Jalen Williams, I think, has the potential to be a really, really good player. Even if he doesn't score a whole lot, uh, he's a guy, he's a really good passing big. He can rebound. He does all the little things. He takes charges. Uh, so I, I think he could be the X factor as far as a guy that you know they really need him to be good night in and night out. Uh, maybe if you want like a, a lesser known name. It would be really easy to pick a, a Kamani Johnson or a, a Trey Wade, you know, after they they had their really good performances against uh, against Elon. Uh, maybe a Trey Wade, it'd maybe be a guy that could be a little bit more sustainable because he is coming from Wichita State. That's a really good basketball program. Uh, Kamani, he hasn't really ever played at this level, uh, you know, before you know, coming to Arkansas. You know, coming from Little Rock, so. Um, I would maybe say Trey Wade would be my pick if you're asking you know, for a, a guy who hasn't really played much, but I think Jalen Williams is going to be a really big key for, for Arkansas success at SEC play. Same question for you, Alex, and X-Factor you see moving forward for Arkansas. Yeah, I agree. I think Jalen Williams has to, has to be a guy that, that's going to step up and kind of fill that role of 
hey, he was coming into the season as as a guy that people expected to kind of lead this team, and he hasn't quite been there uh, at least in the last couple of weeks. Um, another guy, I think Jackson Robinson, uh, we talked about him a little bit. He's starting to see a little bit more minutes. He's starting to heat up from three. If you can get a knockdown three-point shooter, it is so, so crucial in college basketball just to have that guy that you can find and then um, also being able to go out there and just make an impact on the defensive side of the ball. I think that, that'll be a really important aspect to bring into the fold and, and mixing and matching him with guys like Tony and Ude. Um, just being able to get guys going, I think uh, finding one hot hand is going is gonna to help spread that fire. So I think uh, that'll be that'll be crucial that he continues to, to keep that hot streak going and continues to build on what he's done in the last couple of games. Yeah, Robinson's a guy that uh, Kamani Johnson talked about after the Elon game and said he's he's just an awesome shooter. He said he shoots the skin off the ball. Um, he's a guy that the the team trusts to make a shot. He said that basically when when he shoots the ball, the bench stands up because they feel like it's going to go in every time. So um, I think he's a key guy as well. And then Devo Davis, you also want to see him um, step into the role that you know he he fits best. And I feel like that's not the role of him as a scorer, I think that's a role of him as a facilitator and just, uh, you know, playing hard like we saw at the end of last season. He wasn't he wasn't your go-to scorer, but he did all the little things right, kind of like Hutch talked about with Jalen Williams. And so if Devo Davis can do that, I mean, he didn't – he only scored one point on a free throw against Elon and Arkansas won by one big. So um, I, I see him as a key player as well. But Hutch, um, not, not an X factor, but – um, Arkansas as a team, as a whole, um, what is one thing that you think they need to work on the most um, moving forward? Because we know they've had issues with three-point defense. They've had issues with shooting the three-pointer. Um, they've had issues with turnovers. So what do you think they need to fix the most uh, moving forward? Yeah, I guess I, I'll go a little bit more broad with my answer and just say team chemistry in general. Uh, we are not seeing – there's a reason Eric Mosman is still tinkering with the lineup and it's because he hasn't figured out the best, the best combination. It's just, it still looks kind of clunky. Uh, we were, I was talking with some of the other guys uh, on, on press row during the game. And, you know, it just doesn't seem like this, like even a fast break, you know, transition offense, it just isn't very smooth right now. And they've got the talent. We know that they have the individual pieces. Can they all mesh and come together and be a true team. And, and that's what I'm really looking forward to, to seeing is if they could do that. Cause if they can't, then we may be in for a long sec period, uh, sec season. Uh, if they could come together, uh, maybe they can be, you know, finish top half of the sec, like we all expected. So uh, that that's really what I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, from, from this team is, is can they come together and can they mesh and look like a true team uh, in sec play? Hutch, uh, are you out on Stanley Mude? Um, I feel like it's another maybe Vance Jackson situation. Like last year, you expected this dude to be a key contributor, and now it's you're you're heading into SEC play, and he's a guy that um, can you really count on him anymore? Oh, that's a great question. I think he's he's better than, than Vance Jackson was last year. I think he's he's proven that uh, at least that much. Uh, is he going to be as big of a factor? as all of us expected, probably not. I think most people expected it to be a starter. Uh, I know I did. Uh, so 
that that's a little bit of a disappointment. I do think he has potential. I think he's going to have some games where he really lights it up and he looks like the guy he did at, at South Dakota. But then there's also going to be games like the other night where he just doesn't do anything and doesn't have, doesn't play much. And when he's out there, it doesn't go well. So uh, I think it's going to be a very up and down year for, for Stanley and Mude, but I think he still has some potential to, to help Arkansas uh, from time to time. Well, a, another guy that was a key contributor early on, um, like a big key contributor, was Audis Tony. He was he was the key, the star player for Arkansas early in the season. Um, and these past two games, it, it feels like he's just something something's not there. Eric Musselman kind of talked about him after the Hofstra game um, and said that he didn't like what he saw from Tony, and then he showed it by only playing him for eight eight and a half minutes against Elon. So. Um, we know that he's not a guy that Arkansas is going to really um, run plays for as a scorer, but we saw him early in the season battling for rebounds, reminded us a little bit of Justin Smith from last year. Um, do you think Tony can pick it up and um, get back to where he was early in the year, Hutch? They need him to uh, because he's one of those guys they brought in as a transfer and are, are counting on him and, and to bring that toughness. Uh, you know, to bring the kind of stuff that we saw from uh, Kamani Johnson and Trey Wade against Elon. And uh, they, they really need him to get going. Uh, I don't know what it is that why they can't, you know, drop plays for him or whatever, but uh, he's going to need to to bring that, that hustle uh, attacking the glass when he was an incredible offensive rebounder earlier in the season. They need him to be that guy for them in SEC play because uh, they just, they, they need, they need all their guys to step up. I mean, to be quite honest, uh, but he's the guy you brought in specifically as a transfer from the ACC uh, to be a guy that, that you can count on. Well, as I mentioned earlier, Arkansas will play Mississippi State in Starkville next Wednesday, 8 o'clock on the SEC Network. Um, but that's going to wrap us up here on the Hogbeat Hour. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Um, hopefully no recruits commit on Christmas Day. And uh, we hope that uh, – we hope that everybody has a wonderful holiday season. Thank you for listening to us. And uh, once again, have a Merry Christmas. You're listening to the Hogbeat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas on hitthatline.com. Now, here's your host, Mason Choate. <laughs>